Happy Easter, everybody. We are so glad that you are joining us today on this day of days, the day of resurrection. And we celebrate that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, it actually gives us permission to have a whole lot of fun, to live out of the joy of what that means. So whatever your tradition is, we're so glad that you've made making joining with a heritage family part of your celebration today. When I was growing up, Part of Easter always meant waking up early to see what that little bunny might have dropped off along the way. And uh, he would always bring us big old kites that we would put together, and then I would use them to attack my sister. And then we would find heaps of candy, all kinds of candy. So I'm wondering, what are your favorite candies? Would you share with us your top three favorite Easter candies? You can do that at our Facebook page or by messaging us on Instagram. And when you do that, you're gonna be entered to win a special gift from us. We're gonna choose three winners at random in the days ahead later this week. And uh, we'll communicate with you however it is that you submit those answers to us, either Facebook or Instagram. So share with us your favorites. Let me give you a few ideas by sharing some of mine, all right? I love jelly beans. Seasonal, favorite, tasty, jelly-y, beanie. What's not to love about that? Whoppers Robin eggs, all right? They look like eggs, but they're not. It's chocolate and Whopper inside. What could be better than that? Dark chocolate eggs. Seen a theme here? Eggs, beans, I don't know. These are good too, though. It's fantastic. You should check these out. <clears throat> Almonds. It's like nature made a candy egg, just waiting for the chocolate part of it, okay? Egg-shaped, delicious. And then the perfect combination of chocolate and peanut butter, Reese eggs. You can't go wrong with these favorites. So I gave you five options, but we wanna hear three of your own. Again, do that at, Heritage is, at Heritage's Instagram or Facebook page, and we'll follow up with you in the days ahead. Now. I want you to stay tuned here as we have some Easter fun with other members of our team. Check this out. <laughs> so, you're about to play Can't Touch This. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there will be a series of items, one at a time. It could be slimy, it could be sticky, it could be edible, don't put that in your mouth. Living or fake, and just by feel alone, you're gonna reach into the sides of the box, and just by your touch, try to tell us what item is in the box. So, you guys ready to play? No. You're ready to play. <laughs> uh, Dave's going first. Oh. Okay, so stand behind the box here. And by feel only, tell us what Oh! Two hands, two hands. Wow, oh, it's like some type of jello. 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 It's slimy. It's disgusting. Do I get to eat it? No. You don't want I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> This is not exactly a, a trust game. 
Can you promise me it's not alive? <laughs> if someone starts, oh, oh, he's getting out. He's getting out. <laughs> my, my belly hit the box and it. <laughs> feel right. <laughs> what is this? It feels like a... Is it alive? <laughs> Does it come up? Oh! Did I kill it? <laughs> what is it? Cotton candy? <laughs> is my hair... Are my hairs on straight? Alright, you ready? Freak me out about. I teach eight to five every time. 
Hey. Who's in there? If you ever watch it, what the heck is that? <laughs> That's sticky. Shaving cream? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, these guys are a little squirmy, so just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just reach in the sides of the box and tell us no. tell us what you think it is. Look, Careful. Careful. It's a. It's on the plate. You have to feel what's on the plate. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, it felt soft, so. Cotton candy? <laughs> it's so good that we get to have fun together, and if you want to try some of those games at home with your family, we encourage you to do that. Do it safely, but do it and have a great time. Now, we celebrate today because it's the day of resurrection, but we wouldn't have resurrection if it weren't for the death of Jesus, his gift of the cross, so that you and I could know what it is to be rescued, to be free, to have life because of his death. But death couldn't open. In fact, the grave released Jesus in his power. He broke free of it. And there's hope for you and me in that very truth. That's why we're celebrating today. So as we press into worship and celebration, as we declare the goodness of God and his power over things like sin and death, hell and the grave, I want you to reflect on these words as an invitation from God's heart to yours about what it looks like to step fully in to this Easter Sunday together. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, we read these words. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The declaration of Jesus' crown and the belief that he is alive is a place where we find rescue. So let's step into that rescuing place together even now. After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly, the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and sat on it. Shafts of lightning blazed from him. His garment shimmered snow white. The guards at the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened, they couldn't move. The angel spoke to the woman. There is nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised just as he said. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the 
presence of my enemies You invite me to the table and you tell me just to sit in peace You are not afraid when the terror screams out of me Cause you've overcome and you're the God of victory And I'm dancing on the grave that once held me down Dancing on the chains that are laying on the ground I'm dancing in the dark, lighting up the night Your joy becomes a weapon And I need a fire, fire, fire Oh, I need a fire, fire, fire When I walk When I walk through the valley of the shadow And you never leave me by myself and Even when I'm near you will call me to come and rest Cause you cannot be stopped You have already defeated her hey, You cannot be stopped You have already defeated her Awesome things that I love about Easter is that we are celebrating a Jesus who fights for us. You know, after Jesus died on the cross, 
He triumphed over hell and the grave, and that is what we are celebrating at Easter. And you know, Jesus invites us as Christ followers to also fight with Him in the heavenly realms. And so we're invited to wage war in different ways as Christians. Um, one, of the, one of the ways that we do that is through worship. We also do that when we gather together, when we pray. These are all activities that really are tools that God uses as we fight for our brothers and sisters and with Him. You know, we've been as a church engaging over the last several months in different spiritual practices, practices that, that help us to calibrate our bodies and our minds and our spirits to the activity and the work of Holy Spirit in us and working through us. And so this Easter, I just wanna remind you of some of those practices that we've engaged in. We've invited you to meditate on scripture and memorize it. We've invited you uh, to, to pray the examine. We've invited you into moments of communion where in our community together, we remember the sacrifices of Jesus and we, and we really allow him uh, to be active in our lives in a new way as we surrender to him. So in this moment right now, I know that Easter represents often a lot of activity. There's family things happening and fun and, and new life and spring, but I just wanna invite you to just take a breath right now. And still your heart before God. And we're gonna pray a prayer together, a prayer that proclaims resurrecting power over our lives and in our lives and invites that power to be at work through our lives. Let's pray together. O oh God of resurrecting power, we bring to you our burdens and we lay them down at the door of the empty tomb. And we remind ourselves that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And so we proclaim life and hope and peace over our lives over our families, over our communities. O oh God of resurrection, we invite you to be active in our lives this Easter season as we bring our requests to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Father, Son and Spirit, we thank you for your sacrifice and for your gift of life eternal. Oh, how we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
It's Easter weekend, which is the time we specifically set aside to remember and celebrate the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. He defeated death. He conquered the grave. His purpose was our rescue. And in a journey of crosses and crowns, he won. He rose, which is great for us because it means the worst thing in life doesn't have to be the last thing. In fact, maybe you can think of something that would qualify as a worst thing in your life. Or what would make the list of not so great things that you've done? Could be a regret, an embarrassing moment, an awkward moment. For me, could be any number of things, even just as a pastor. From awkwardly mispronouncing words in sermons to using the wrong name for the deceased during a funeral. That may not seem like a big deal, but it is when you're using the surviving spouse's name instead. Yeah, true story. But in my defense, I had three funerals in two days, and the names in the second funeral were similar to the ones in the third. Just saying. <laughs> See, we all have things in our journey we regret, that we wish we could take back, even do over. And I wonder, what makes your list? Something public or private? Big or small? I came across a fairly dramatic example of this recently. Have you ever heard of the Choloteca Bridge? It's a 484 meter long bridge in a region of Honduras known for its violent storms and hurricanes. It was built in 1998 and it was considered an engineering marvel of its day because it was designed to withstand even the most severe weather. But the very same year that the bridge was opened, the region was hit by Hurricane Mitch, causing significant damage to the country and its infrastructure, and many bridges were damaged. But the Choloteca Bridge survived in what was described as near-perfect condition. Yet here's the thing. The roads on both ends were completely gone, washed away, no trace they ever existed. And then get this, the Choloteca River, which is more than 300 feet wide, shifted so far it established a new channel that no longer flowed under the bridge itself. So this impressive, resilient structure quickly became known as the bridge to nowhere. It was the right thing in the wrong place. And I'm pretty sure those engineers wanted a do-over and they even reconnected the highway five years later. But here's the deal, we all have these things. We can even think of a more recent example of a particular ship captain on the cargo ship Ever Given. You know what I'm talking about? Not long ago, it ended up sideways in the Suez Canal, hopelessly stuck, shutting down the entire canal and creating a significant global ripple that was estimated to be a $400 million an hour mistake. With such a significant ripple, it's supposed to make accessing toilet paper a thing again. We all have things in our journey we regret. We wish we could take them back or just do them over. Sideways moments, bridges to nowhere. They can all be hard to move past. But those things are part of why today is so significant. What we remember and celebrate this weekend, the resurrection of Jesus, means that the worst thing that happens doesn't have to be the last thing that happens. It, it doesn't. It was theologian and author Frederick Beekner who said it best. He said, resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. Resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. Oh man, I love that reality. 
when life goes sideways, or we end up building bridges to nowhere, Jesus says, by his cross and crown, there's hope. There's a way forward, a, a way out. But the key is knowing how to live into that. See, the dynamics around what we celebrate at Easter are, are filled with seeming contradictions. Jesus, the King Eternal, lays down his crown and chooses the cross. We see him simultaneously as the King of Kings and a suffering servant, willing to empty himself of every privilege in an act of sacrificial obedience for us, for you and me. His death, his, his death led to life. It's a space of death leading to life. It's, it's loss leading to gain. It's both tension and relief, all of which positions us to choose what we're going to do with his cross and his crown. To choose to receive him as a risen king and risen Lord and follow him in the way of sacrifice or not. Yet, yet that's the space where the worst thing doesn't have to be the last thing. Just consider this, a man by the name of Paul who actually got his life into a few sideways dynamics along the way and quite honestly, he, he built a good portion of his life in the wrong place. But he ended up having an encounter with the risen Jesus. And he would later go on to describe what Jesus did for all of us this way in Philippians chapter two, starting with verse six. Though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These words summarize the reality that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose. He is alive. And it's great, but it begs a question. Now what? And I think it can help us to break down what Jesus did and what Paul eloquently describes here because it's the reason the worst thing doesn't have to be the last thing. As the Son of God and God himself, Jesus inherently has authority and identity. His identity gives him authority. In fact, he wears a crown of ruling and reigning over all creation. Yet as Paul reminds us, he set aside his crown. He set aside his identity in order to take in and on a new identity as servant setting aside the identity as king to take on the identity as servant, to then ultimately take on a new authority. One where he is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, king of kings and lord of lords. But then get this, he invites us into our own version of that journey to set aside our identity and authority in order to receive new identity and authority. He did it and he gives us a chance to do it as well. Jesus actually invites us to walk our own cross and crown journey. In Mark chapter eight, Jesus actually invites us to walk that path, 
Here's what he says. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. He's laying out the steps for following his example. Even Paul states that what he said in Philippians 2, right before he started the description of what Jesus did, he says that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And that's super important because we start with our own crown in a dynamic of life. And it's all not all that great. It's kind of kind of meh. And it's limited and we can mismanage it and we, we can throw on our own identities, of our own perspectives of authority and identity and, and think it's something great, but we can find ourselves building things that go nowhere and getting ourselves stuck sideways in our poor choices as we captain our own ships because we have the freedom and ability to choose how we live. But until we set aside our own crown and take up his cross, to take on a new crown, our worst moments will define us. Yet once we shift our identity and authority and take up his cross and crown, everything changes. See, as Paul also described in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's describing our ability to live into what Jesus has already done. Now here's another dynamic and reality to understand. In Jesus' journey, there are actually two crowns, the crown of death and the crown of life. The one of thorns, the one of death, is tragic yet beautiful. The other is beautiful yet elusive. But both are at the heart of what it means to follow Jesus as we take on identity and authority through sacrifice and living a life under the submission and authority of a risen Lord. He's the bridge between where we are and where we want and need to be in life and with God. So no matter what storms we encounter in life, he remains. No one can move him. We, we can't go around him. We can't build our own bridges back to God. They all fall short and we end up going nowhere. Yet because of Jesus, no matter how badly we've jammed up our lives, despite the tremendous price tag that is associated with it, with our sin, his resurrection means the worst thing doesn't have to be the last thing. But in all honesty, here's where we can get stuck. This whole thing is a space of choices to receive him or not, to to set aside in order to take up or not. We actually have to let go before we can lay hold, not just to believe, but to receive. It was the disciple John who said, yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There is a difference between knowing about Jesus, knowing that he was who he said he was, than believing he said he was who he said he was. And there's a difference between believing and receiving in order to ultimately become who he says we can be. See, many know 
and a lot believe, but few receive and even fewer become all he says we can become in identity and authority in him because it's a space of choices. And if we're just going to acknowledge his existence, it is not the same as giving authority. I, right now, can just realize and recognize that you're sitting where you are right now and you can recognize and acknowledge that I'm here. But neither of us give any authority in that acknowledgement because authority is more than recognition. We, we give and remove authority based on trust. And whenever we give someone authority, it empowers them. But withholding authority empowers us. And the truth is, Jesus holds all authority for all things except our choices, mine and yours. We have it until we give it, until we offer all that we know of ourselves to all that we know of him. We'll long for the identity and authority that he offers as a risen savior. I'll tell you, Jesus is not looking for us to bring to him our best moments, our great successes or valiant effort. He wants us, but first he needs our sin, our worsts, our failures. That's what he can take from us. And then by his authority and identity over sin and death, he gives us his righteousness in return. In laying down our crowns at his cross and taking up his crown and cross, he gives life when we receive him as savior. That's a space that we take on new identity, forgiven and clean as children of God. And then under new authority of his resurrected crown, we live in a space where he is Lord, but we have to choose it. Not just know it, but believe it. And not just believe it, fully receive it. That, that's when we can become new creations, where the old is gone and the new comes, and where the worst thing doesn't have to be the last thing. You know, Jesus didn't die just to fix our mistakes. He actually walked a process to become even greater than he already was. He rose from the dead in order to restore us fully, or at least give us the opportunity to be so. Jesus gives us a way forward where the worst thing in life doesn't have to be the last thing. But again, that's a choice. And even Jesus faced the choice to live into the will of his Father or not, to endure the cross and to empty a tomb or not. But he did. And I wonder if you will. What will you choose in response to his cross and crown? when life unexpectedly goes sideways, and we get stuck in our own choices and realize we've built bridges to nowhere, will you let go in order to lay hold? If you've already done that, where Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you walk in new identity and authority under his crown, then today is a day to celebrate, to remember, and to reaffirm that commitment, to say thanks. But if you've not yet made that decision, but you're curious, I wanna encourage you to text the word life to 309-250-2007. You'll get a link to a PDF to let you explore all of this further on your own. We're not gonna bug you. But if you haven't yet decided and you're ready to do so, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer that positions you to receive the new identity and authority in Jesus by his cross and his crown. Because it's never too late to call on Jesus 
Our failures, our regrets, our shame cannot stop his rescue if we ask him to do so. He's the one who rose, so he's the one who saves. And he gives power over shame and regret and habits and addiction and every sin as he conquers in resurrection power. And he does it when we admit, like everyone else, we need new life in him. And we ask God to forgive our sins by the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And then receiving Jesus by trusting him as Savior and Lord. You can do that right now by simply talking to God in a prayer like this one. I want to invite you to pray this silently right where you are as I read it aloud. If you've already prayed a prayer like this, I want to encourage you to use this time to pray for those who are praying this prayer right now. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. And today I receive you as my savior and I put my faith in you as Lord. Help me to live all the days of my life. In your name I pray, amen. Friends, life can be radically different because of Jesus. And if you prayed that, it already is because you've started a journey. And we'd love to connect with you. Again, you can just text that same number, text LIFE to the number and follow the appropriate prompts to let us know you made that decision because we want to celebrate with you. We want to walk with you in that journey. And even if you're still processing where you sit in your identity and authority journey with Jesus, let us know that as well. See, we're super grateful that God sent his son Jesus who left the comfort of eternity emptied himself and entered into time to endure pain and death on a cross, but ultimately to rise again so that he can offer the same resurrection power to you and to me so we can live fully, dying to self but living for him in a space where our worst thing never has to be our last thing and where a living and victorious Jesus can be magnified and glorified on the altar of our lives. So let's continue to celebrate and recognize all of that as we continue to worship a risen Lord today. Amen. 
suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then from north to south and east to west We'd hear Christ be magnified And were the whole earth echoing His eminence His name would burst from sea and sky
I am deeply grateful that because of the work of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross and his powerful resurrection, that the worst thing doesn't have to be the last thing for us. It's our heart and our hope that you've been deeply encouraged by that truth. And we want to echo Pastor Sean's invitation to you to step into new life with Jesus. If you made that decision today, then we encourage you to let us know that by going to heritageqc.com or using the Connect card on the Church Center app. You can tell us that you stepped into that new life with him. We will journey with you and pray for you and join all of heaven in celebrating your new life. And again, if you're interested in exploring more about that, be sure to text the number Pastor Sean shared earlier with the word life and a member of our team will follow up with As part of that, we want to make sure that everybody has access to the life-giving word of Jesus, the scriptures. And so we encourage you, if you're looking for a way to engage with the Bible, go ahead and again, connect with heritageqc.com. You'll see links to different scripture options there. Or let us know that you need a good copy of the scriptures and we can help you find that and get that in your hands. Now, we have some exciting next steps that we want to invite you into as we live into the season of resurrection together. Next week, our kids' environments are continuing at 11 o'clock at both Rock Island and Bentendorf. There's no registration required, and you can just come in, check your kids in, and join us in worship. Those environments are for ages 4 through 5th grade. We also are super excited to celebrate the life change that Jesus has been bringing in the lives of so many. In fact, the very first thing Jesus invites us to do when we've stepped into new life in him is to step into the waters of baptism. And so coming up in May, we're going to be celebrating baptism together at both of our locations. If that's your next step, we encourage you using the Church Center app to go ahead and let us know that that's your next step. A member of our team will follow up with you, help you process that, and get you registered for one of those opportunities. Beyond that, we have some incredible groups ready to kick off. Life groups about doing life together, learning groups like a fantastic marriage study. Pastor Josh and I are going to be leading a conversation about practical ways to connect with the heart of God. And we've got a friend who's leading a conversation around it's not supposed to be this way. What do we do with the disappointments life throws our way? We've got groups for young adults kicking off. We have all kinds of incredible ways for you to connect. Those are all listed in the Church Center app and at HeritageQC. We don't want today's connection with Heritage to be your last step, but a first step into greater conversation and community. So check out those options today. You can even register and sign up right now. We are so thrilled at the ways that you have joined us in radical generosity as we've met real-time needs in our cities and beyond as we've been able to provide things like mobile food pantries, connections in COVID in times of need, and doing all kinds of other Jesus with skin on moments. Thanks for your loving and willing partnership in that. If you'd like to join us in Radical Generosity, then we encourage you to click give at heritageqc.com and join us in that. Now, as we continue on this celebration of resurrection, we want you to dig in and get ready for our worship team to lead us in an awesome next song. 
you'll see friends from both of our campus locations who have led in a couple of spaces this way, and now they're leading us in a unique opportunity as we once more proclaim, celebrate, and declare the resurrection of Jesus. So stick around.
candy egg thing. You just put little chocolate on there. It looks like an egg. It's chocolate. I guess nature has eggs, doesn't it? Nature, oh, oh, hold on. Just don't, don't hit the money maker. Ha, 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 ha.